This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, which is the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm here with Jim Sebastio, pastor of Reform Baptist Church of Louisville. Jim, thanks for uh, joining me for this conversation again. Uh, very happy to be here, Brian. You know, it feels like it's been a while, and that's because it has. And I'm I'm not sure if there is a correlation, but we did our last past, uh, podcast on pastoral rest, and then I went and rested a whole month. So I don't yes, know what that did. means, but I banished for a whole month. Yeah, and uh, maybe we could even talk a little bit about that or weave that into uh, today's discussion. We might be able to because we're going to talk about pastoral recreation today. We're, we talked about rest and the need for rest and how do we work that into our schedule, but this is kind of a follow-up to that because we want to talk about what do we do when we rest and how do we have recreation, things that we enjoy that maybe are not ministry related but are good for our souls as we're doing ministry. So, um, And I think we, we see examples throughout church history uh, of those who were seem to be just workhorses, and yet when you dig into their lives, you see that a lot of them had recreation built in, and that's what allowed them to be able to, you know, to be able to carry on for long periods of time. So we want to talk about the need for it, and then Jim and I are going to talk about just some of the examples of what we have done to try to have that recreation, maybe that, what others do. We want to start off, though, by not assuming that everybody listening to this thinks they're supposed to have recreation in their life. I had a meeting recently with a pastor friend of mine who was granted uh, a short, a six-week sabbatical, just kind of rest. Uh, he's having some physical issues to try to have some time mm -hmm. off. And I remember when we first talked about it, his statement to me was, I am terrified to take this time. And that was interesting to me. I, I dug into it a little bit and he said, I feel like I'm going to be bored out of my mind mm -hmm. because his life is so consumed with ministry and he does a lot of great ministry. Right. But he ha he realized just in that short conversation he does not have any recreational activities, things that are fun for him that maybe give life to him and to his soul that are not ministry related. So we want to recognize that there are others listening to this that probably uh, also don't have those kinds of activities in their life. So Jim, tell me, I know you have recreational activities in your life, which I think is good and healthy, and you've been I think an example of that to me and and some of the things that you do, but. Before we get into those things, what's your conviction about that? Why do you have these things? I mean, come on, you're a Reformed Baptist pastor, man. Like, everything's serious, right? Everything's supposed to be done to the kingdom, and if it's not, it's a waste. Right, and and, and there's some truth to that. Obviously, uh, we do want all that we do to be done to the glory of God, and so that has to be included here. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. And so as uh, believers who take that seriously— I think you imagine you at times have asked the question, how do I do this? Uh, how do I how do I eat this pizza to the glory of God? How do I play I do that all, I do that often, by the way, just so you <laughs> but, know. But you ought to think about that. At least at some point in your life, think through, how do I do that? How do yeah. I play softball to the glory of God? How do I read a book or build a model or uh, do work in a wood shop or cut grass or, or do what I do uh, to the glory of God? And so... Obviously, nothing is outside the realm of, of the Word of God in that. Even when we talk about Christian liberty, uh, issues in which we say the Bible does not directly command or condemn, we still recognize we're going to the Word to find out whether or not this or that uh, is allowable. And so we're, we're asking, what is the end of recreation? And 
I can't remember who it was some years ago who slowed down that word or emphasized that word in a different way. And they said recreation rather than recreation. So recreation is the word recreation. And the idea was, what are those things that enable us to be able to go back to our labors and face our labors with uh, resiliency, with a sense of, of joy and refreshment? We are not created fundamentally for recreation. In fact, you know, if you go back to the creation pattern, obviously it's, it's, it's one out of seven days was given as a day of rest. So six days we rest and we do all our work. And, uh, and we are reminded, as some have said, God had two special sons in this way, uh, Adam and the Lord Jesus, and one was a gardener and the other was a carpenter. And so both of them knew what it was uh, to work and to labor. And, mm -hmm. and so I do think there is a theology of labor. And when you understand that theology and take that theology seriously, then you also need to take seriously a, a doctrine or theology of, of recreation or recreation with the recognition that laboring seven days out of seven is against the creation pattern and that we are ultimately in that way warring against our own humanity and our own good and God's not honored and glorified when we neglect uh, things that he himself gives as good let me play devil's advocate for a minute because okay. I, I've, I've talked to this kind of guy before help me help me understand how do I talk to this guy the guy I'm talking to who's clearly burnt out he's He's tired, he's exhausted, he's not doing his ministry well. And you try to talk to him about either not just taking time off, but finding things to just that would help give him some some hobbies, for lack of a better term, or something. And when you talk, I've had guys, I've actually had this conversation when I when I say, you know, you have you thought about, do you have any hobbies or, you know, just something fun to do? And they look back at me with a, you know, like a stern seriousness and they say, Jesus is my hobby. And I say, okay, thank you for that. How do you talk to that guy who's a, who's so over the top with it and resistant to it? Why does he need another hobby besides Jesus, if you will? Wow, that's a really <laughs> I had no idea that anybody had ever said that. So that's a real Oh, I've heard it more than time. once. We, that's okay. what's amazing about it. Yeah, that's an ultra spiritual. It's being more yeah. spiritual than the Bible. Yeah. Um it's it's not unspiritual uh, to take a nap, uh to 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 have time to frolic with your children to enjoy your wife to in, enjoy the benefits of of good food and and beautiful scenery uh, we are created uh, to do that and as people who are recreated we ought to relish those things in a way that an unbeliever can't so i think you have to correct a man's uh, super spiritual theology and Brian, we, you've talked about this in some of your writings, and I think we've had this discussion in some of our, uh, our previous podcasts, this whole issue of identity, uh, who am I in Christ, who am I before the Father, and if, if, if we are not, in a, in a righteous sense, comfortable in our own skin, uh, and with the recognition that uh, I'm not trying to earn anything with God, and that I'm not going to get a special... A reward from the Lord because I broke his pattern of six days of labor and one day of rest 
to show the level of my of my devotion. And some people like that may have a, a faulty gospel, a faulty sense of self, an overinflated view of self and of their importance, almost like the kingdom's going to stop if I stop. And um, if I don't do this, then this work of the kingdom's not going to get done. And sometimes what's going to happen with a guy like that is, uh, he's going to be waylaid for a long time. And because he did not take at least a weekly rest and then regularly built in some extra times of rest when he needs it, uh, then he's going to wa- find out that he's going to be on the shelf rather than a week off. He's going to have to spend three or four weeks off, maybe with a cardiologist involved and uh, heart trouble and all the rest. There's two dangerous pieces to this conversation I've found. One is that um, it guys will make a you know I know that's pretty obnoxious but versions of that you know uh, Jesus is my hobby I don't need any other hobbies um, that guys don't um, they hide behind it as a as a way to avoid not knowing how to rest right and a lot of guys who work hard a lot of a lot of men especially don't know how to rest because because that's just what their daily grind is but the other piece to that that I think is dangerous is and I've seen this with families that uh, a man, really whether a pastor or not, but a man who has that outlook that recreation is not good and healthy in your life, they force that on their families who also need times to have fun and right. and uh, and as know, we said hobbies. last time, time with them and and have time with them, right. doing fun things. You know, you want to be reading the Bible with your family, but also doing things that are just you know don't have to necessarily be spiritual in themselves, but just good time with each other, good wholesome fun. So. Brian, maybe part of what you're saying is um, for somebody who says, "Okay, I will, uh, I, I will, I will rest. So I'll, re- I will read theology, or I will do uh, a grammatical analysis or Greek diagram of a passage. I'm not preaching, so therefore, it's not related. It's not study habit. So that's how I have fun and unwind. Is you know doing Greek. But there are some people. Maybe that is how they. It, it, it is a way of. What would you say to somebody like that? Would you say, I, I, I think that you need to really get out of that whole saddle that's so much part and parcel of your pastoral labors, like a painter whose hobby is painting, you know, that say, well, maybe you should do something else on a, to be refreshed. It's a good question. I think, you know, you mentioned a... A carpenter, or even a gardener, you know, a carpenter for trade, um, I would encourage them to do something other than carpentry work okay. for their for their recreation, for their for their rest time, for their enjoyment time. This still may be something they love to do, but the idea is a rest from what you are normally doing. When carpentry work is probably a great hobby and way for a pastor and right. or a lawyer or somebody who doesn't do that work for their profession. So maybe the carpenter will spend part of his recreational time reading a theology book or a good biography. Sure, I think so. And and you might say to the pastor, maybe for you, you're you're maybe get into something where you're working with your hands or you're yeah. physically engaged because so much of what we do is is mental labor it's taxing labor of the mind mm-hmm. we're often sitting behind a desk we've we've got books open and so to get out and do something where the blood's flowing and we're yeah. exercising a bit would be a, a a good thing for us to be able to do as a break yeah why don't we why don't we slide into that let's talk about some of the um 
the ways that you and I uh, try to to engage in this. And I'll I'll speak for myself. This has been, you know, this has been a, a, a journey for me to try to figure out how to rest and two to be okay with you know, with seeing the value in doing recreational things, things for enjoyment that are not tied to my ministry. In the early years of my ministry, I, you know, I, I would say I, I'm, I, I misunderstood some of John Piper's message that I was so moved by in that you can be serious about kingdom work and serious about the gospel and, and the, and the work of the and ministry still have a seashell. and, and, and you can still go, I guess, I don't know if Piper would say not, that, but maybe not. You could maybe whole still go collection. collect shells, <laughs> just maybe but not. You can have a, but you can have a seashell. Spend not all your time doing right. It, but just you not can to misunderstand. And, and he would say the same. He's he's not. He's that's using right. an illustration that some may have taken as a law. But but those who are listening to this, who know the illustration, you don't pick that up when you hear him. You're you're passionately moved by the illustration he gives. By right. and at the same time, I think if you asked him, he would say that you yeah sure you need time to rest and and downtime and, and enjoyable things. So, Jim, what are some of the things, because I think, you know, I, I know there's been a process for you too, but, you know, you're, you're involved in a movement that takes a lot of, just a ministry and the work of the Lord very seriously, and yet you have found a good balance, I feel, as your friend, in doing some things that are not tied to the church, but they're things not only you enjoy, but they're connected to even ways you've been gifted. And uh, will you talk about some of those things you've done? Okay, well... Or that you it's, do it's all for good rest. Through, yeah, it, it's in some of this changes uh, through the years um, because the kids grow. I'm at a I'm at a different place now than I was uh, 20 years ago. Uh, my oldest child's about to turn 26. My youngest is 16, and one of my kids is married, and uh, they're they're out of the home a lot. So. Uh, a part of my recreation for years was involved in thinking of things to do with the kids. So days off and vacations both with my wife, but a lot of it with my kids was, what can I do uh, to be with them? Because I, I really enjoyed that. And that was very, very refreshing to me. And my kids don't, uh, don't need me in the same way. They don't need me to, to cart them around or to take them places. Three out of the four uh, are driving, have their own vehicles, and my son just got his permit last week. And, and there's going to be a bit of sorrow associated with that because it's going to mean time that we used to have that we're not going to have. So some of right. that was kids, things with my kids. So my son is a, uh, is a baseball player, and so he is uh, – uh, I, I have been his pitcher and his catcher uh, for years. I don't. I don't quite do as much catching, and he throws too fast. Right, he throws now. too fast he's, right now. He's, he's pretty fast, uh, but I love. I love going out with a bag of baseballs uh, to a field and watching him see how many he can park over the fence. It's it's yeah. a, a lot of fun for him. It's a lot of fun uh, for me. Earlier on uh, in my life, uh, when the before kids, uh, it was reading. Uh, I used to go to a bookstore every Monday on my day off. My wife would allow me to take some time and go out, get a cup of coffee, go to a, a, a Barnes and Noble or Walden Books or whatever the uh, others of these places that don't exist anymore. Uh, and I would go and. Uh, peruse and just enjoy sitting and flipping through and occasionally buy something 
Uh, I enjoyed reading biography and history. I did a lot of reading about early on about the Civil War. Later, I got in uh, pretty heavily into reading a lot of books about uh, the Second World War. I've done a lot of biography, secular biography, and Christian mm-hmm. biography. Uh, but right now, uh, I have gotten involved, and this is going to be hard for some people to hear. I'm going to lose my all my cred here. Hmm. Uh, some of my kids are involved in theater, uh, and as a result of that, one of the things I'm going to begin to do on my day off uh, in September and October and early November is I'm going to help direct a play. Uh, with a group of high schoolers. Uh, now, why is that ruining your street cred? I think that's great. Well, yeah, it might be, but uh, street cred among very serious people oh, because okay. it's quest- the whole realm of theater is questionable and uh, for some and participation in <laughs> uh, that sort of a thing. By the way, the hyper-spiritual people have already stopped listening to this <laughs> podcast, so you're probably in good right. uh, I may be safe. Um so I'm going to direct a show called The Miracle Worker, which is the story of uh, Helen Keller and the breakthrough that came about through a, a gifted teacher named Annie Sullivan. That's probably a lot of people already know that. But uh, so uh, on my day off, I'm going to be spending hours with a, a group of high school kids and uh, doing that. So that that's something that I don't know a lot of pastors have done that, but that's something I'm going to be doing. And I know no pastors that do that, actually, which is what I appreciate. And of course, I, I've been to I've been to a play that you've been in that were in you were in this last year, and so it's fun to uh, see your gifts in that arena, and you know, representing just n- not just Christ in your church, but just who you are as you're doing that. I think that's I think that's great, but that's a big time commitment to do that, wasn't it? Yeah, that Brian's referring to something I did last year, and yeah, that was uh, it was on. Uh, in the evenings, but yeah, a couple of days a week, uh, a couple hours each time uh, to get involved in that. That was it was more work than probably I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but, but your kids were involved in it, right? My kids were involved. Yeah, right. My son, my dad, two of my daughters, and so there was a family affair, a part of it. I got into it that, uh, as a way to please my darling daughter, who has me wrapped around her little finger, and she begged <laughs> me to do it, and. Uh, <laughs> And I did it for her, and um, it, it was it was fun with the recognition that it's certainly in the big scheme of things, it's very inconsequential. It wasn't full of deep meaning or anything like that. It was just fun. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and so in and done. And so what about you, Brian? So um, I'm a big sports guy, and so I love all kinds of sports. So a big part of my life when the kids were younger – um, was was playing a lot of sports. So my daughter was a competitive gymnast for 10 years and just retired as a gymnast at 15, almost 16 years old, which sounds young, but that's kind of when you're supposed to be peaking at gymnastics, yeah. but her body wouldn't hold up any longer. My son was a competitive swimmer who's not who stopped that last year. So a lot of our lives is consumed around sporting things with them, which, which I loved, and we were willing to give our time uh, to those things. But personally, like... I love playing golf, love playing tennis. Um, I still work out and do martial arts. I've taught martial arts for 20 years. Uh, and I don't do as much of it now as I once did uh, in the early years at the church when I needed to pick up some extra work and things. But um, but still do martial arts for fun. And, you know, looking back in this past July, uh, the 
reading history and things like that is fun reading for me. So I think just knowing, but history is not fun reading for my wife. It's a different kind of, like I don't, I, I read a little fiction, but not much. But, but my wife loves reading fiction and, and other things. So it's different for everybody, but it's still different than what I'm reading for ministry stuff. And I find that to be, feel it feels like a break from the, the regular grind that I'm doing. And in July, I, I did it sitting next to, you know, laying next to a pool in a lot of ways, just reading and enjoying being out in the sun and, and having time with my family. It was good. Do you find, Brian, that there are signs or tokens in your life that you need to mix in a little bit more or that you realize you're maybe not even consciously that there's a part of you longing for a break uh, so that maybe you find yourself maybe at night you're reading something lighter uh, than you than you used to or um, maybe you're I don't know if I want to use the word tempted because sometimes we can overdo some of these things yeah and maybe you spend maybe spending a little bit too much time in front of the television or uh, looking for too many outlets uh, mm-hmm. and thinking well, actually, I'm imbalanced uh, and and I'm overly given to to recreation or to breaks or yeah. to and, and then what do you what have you done has that ever happened to you and then what do you feel like you what's a symptom of and how do you try to handle that? When I I feel the fatigue usually by my mind not being as sharp as I want it to be. In fact, one of the reasons when I was off in July it was so nice to just have something to read that was fun is that I'll find a lot of times, depending on the day, because of what I spent my day doing, potentially reading a lot of different things, um, I'm too tired to read anything, even though I want to read for fun. And so uh, reading sometimes isn't an option, and I'll I'll sit down and and watch a a television show and, and realize that that's what I need to do when other times I may want to read because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling okay to read. So it's part of it is just my mind not feeling sharp. Um, irritability is, okay. a, is a good sign that, that I have pushed too much or that I just need to kind of take a, uh, a breather of some kind. Uh, just thinking about how often I've done it. So if I've just, if I've just gone uh, a long time with the, you know, pedal to the metal ministry wise day after day and I look back and don't remember a time where I've just kind of stopped and did something I just enjoy I'll need to just stop and, and try to you know try to work that out in my in my schedule because I think that's the biggest temptation for pastors there's always more work to be done so we can get just get lost in the work if we don't intentionally so Friday's my day off and I'll always try to do something um, on that day and I've even tried to work my exercise regimen around doing things like run in the park, you know, run in a, a hiking mm. trail or something, something just kind of get out and enjoy my surroundings more so, and not just going in and exercising. Have you ever had a, uh, a crisis in the church that was recreation proof? Uh, and what I mean by that is that no amount of recreation could help you to really get away from it. Yeah, that's a good question. I think there's plenty of them. That I think it just comes by the burdens we carry with uh, with the different things that are going on in the in the church. So um, I do think that the key to enjoying our recreation is our ability to be able to let go of the things that burden us for a time, uh, realizing the burdens will be there when they come back. So again, a discipline I really had to be mindful of 
To take a month off, that can be tormenting if you don't know how to let go of the things that right. you need to let go of your church. I think recreation is the same. I think there are some burdens that are so great that they're just hard to shake with anything that you do. And I think that's just being human um, and a pastor who loves your people. Right. But at, at the same time, the you know to go. My dad loves to play golf, so that's my chance to be able to play, see my dad, and hang out with him. But you know, to go and play golf and and for four hours and a nice day and be out with my dad and enjoying being outside, um, even for those few hours to just kind of put things aside and come back feels life giving in a way that um, I think recreation is meant to do for our lives. Has any recreation ever become uh, counterproductive for you, uh, a source of frustration? So, I, for instance, if I if I said, "All right, I, I I need to get a hobby. I've never had a hobby. I need to get a hobby." So I just I spin the wheel and it comes up woodworking. For instance, <laughs> I have a hard time, you know, cutting a piece of paper straight with a pair of scissors. You know, and. <laughs> I can imagine that for me, you know, there might be glue everywhere and something I have to keep prying it apart and I'd probably wind up being frustrated or and it might be counterproductive. Uh, so has there has it ever been counterproductive for you? And have you ever faced a, a, something related to that, a, a danger of saying it's got to fit within a certain mold of what this is what recreation is mm -hmm. and where somebody that's listening to this just needs to know themselves and figure out what it is yeah. that helps them to unstring the bow. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I, I think you've got to know if you you got to know if you're prone to be a workaholic or if you're prone to laziness mm. and how you evaluate these things. The times that I think about where my recreation was unhelpful is um, I may be older, but I'm still a real competitive person. So to go out and play tennis with somebody or go play golf with my dad, you know, there's there's still com a competition going on. And if you let that get the best of you to where you don't enjoy your time out, that totally defeats the purpose of why you're doing it. And that that happens on occasion, not as much as you used to. But um, but yeah, there's there's plenty of times. I, I think that, you know, I think that movies and, and watching a television show can be, you know, an, a, a good source of recreation. But, you know, that can get way out of hand if you just you just continually indulge and even do it not as a way to rest and take a break, but to kind of as an escape. Uh, I think taking a break to rest temporarily and doing things to totally escape from reality is a, is a fine line, but it, it's one that crosses over starts to cross over into an, an unhealthy um, way that recreation affects our lives. So I think we have to, that, there's a balance there, but it has to start with knowing, do you work too much? Or are you prone to uh, to laziness? The workaholics have to push themselves to do something else. The lazy guy has to realize that's a struggle for them, and they're going to be prone to want to do these other things to not get to what the work that needs to be done. So last thing, Jim, what what kind of advice would you give to somebody that, is listening to this and says, okay, I hear you. I, I understand. I feel my human limitations. I need, I need rest. I, I need recreation in my life. I need something to take my mind off at times of the rigors of the ministry. Uh, where's a guy get started to try to figure out? I mean, other than they could spin the wheel, I guess that was your first you know, thought. But other than that, how can they try to figure out what maybe, how do you know what I would enjoy doing some, in that regard? Yeah, there's really no way to to, to do that other than really striving to know yourself. Uh, 
you, you may not know you, that you would really enjoy stamp collecting or finding thimbles from every national park or you know, you know whatever it is. I had a pastor friend of mine uh, who, older man, but he loved what these little toys um, that when he started collecting when he was a little kid and uh, they he had. Uh, but little things he would enjoy going around to various antique shops and seeing if, if, if those were out there. It was a great way for him to spend a day. I'd be climbing the walls if, <laughs> if, if I were forced to do that. Yeah, for I think I would too. A, a couple of days. But you just you have to know yourself. Yeah. And so for some guys, the thought of uh, sitting down with a, a volume of a biography of Winston Churchill or a study of the D-Day landing would be torture for them uh i would love guy yeah i would enjoy that that. i've never i've never played golf i've the only time i've ever hit a golf ball is with putt putt i i I may have once hit a ball somewhere (laughs) but uh i don't want to make a complete statement of that but i've never played a game i've never been on links i've never Mm -hmm. played the game of golf yeah um, I, and I have no, I have no desire uh, to do that. Um, I think you have to know yourself, and it may be that you you need the input of a, a friend or a family member. Uh, particularly if you're married, your wife will probably have some idea of of helping you to stand outside yourself and say, "I think you know, you need to you need to get outside." And this isn't really a, a hobby or recreation, but for me, uh, cutting the grass uh, is often a, a, a yeah. very healthful thing for me. And one of the reasons it's healthy, it's healthy for me, or has helped me, is because I see with my own eyes progress. It's exactly what I see something about it. that I've yep. done. Whereas ministry is intangible. A lot of ministry is intangible. So it might be fun to do something that you can track yourself and watch progress. Yeah, it's just a it, it's a helpful thing. That's helpful. I say the same thing about grass cutting too. It's like in an hour, I actually can see something I accomplished today. Right. It looked like that. Now it looks like this. And ministry, not so much every day. Exactly so right. that's part of the typically call. Typically not an hour. That's <laughs> typically not an hour. It's true. You know, I think one last thought is that um, as you're trying to think through. Um, what that would be as far as what you would enjoy I would I would take it I would take time to consider maybe what are the things your wife enjoys right because what can be good about this is uh, to recognize one you and your wife need this rest time and potentially some of it together doing something fun together one of the best ways to serve our wives is I think is to to be open to doing things that maybe we wouldn't want to do but things you know they enjoy and so us taking time to look at what what I enjoy doing and us going and doing that uh, is a is a great step to helping us love our wives. I think more just to do, to be willing to go do the things that they want to do um, and that they would feel loved by us if we go do with them. So absolutely, Jim. Why don't you take a minute? Let's we're um, we're out of time, but will you pray for these who are listening to this? Um, probably coming from all different. Uh, places on this topic, but you pray that God would give them wisdom in trying to figure this out and balance in their life. Yeah, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for uh, your servants who have taken the time to listen and are, are seeking help for themselves. And Father, pray especially for these brothers who are weary and burdened and heavy laden and may not know 
uh, what they need to do in order to be refreshed and to be able to get back to their labors with joy and resiliency and with hope. And so, Father, pray that you would aid them uh, in the weekly or regularly having a scheduled time to do things that refresh them in their humanity unto the end that they might labor more excellently for your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I want to remind everyone that uh, for if you want to look at other podcasts that we've done, you can go to practicalshepherding.com and go to the Trench Talk podcast page. You'll find all the previous podcasts that we have recorded on that page for access.